Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, folks. It's David here, and I would just like to take a moment to ask you to go and check out our sponsors, NordVPN. Internet security, very important. I'm sure it's something that you're concerned about as well. Me, I like to know that I'm the person in control of my data. I live on my phone and the amount of stuff I do on it from banking to documents to private messaging, I need to know is secure. We all know that there are bad people out there who will come in and uh, try and get our details and try and spend our money for us. NordVPN prevents that, especially if you're using public Wi-Fis or you're using Wi-Fis away from your home. If you use NordVPN, you are safe and protected. It also allows you to take short holidays to places if that's ever required. It's a brilliant product. I use it every day and highly recommend it. And you can get a tremendous offer if you go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand that's nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand or use the code heart and hand to get up to 70% off your nordvpn plan you'll also get one additional month for free risk free with nord it's 30 day back money uh, 30 day money back guarantee so all you need to do if you don't like it is just say nope and you'll get your money back so go and check them out as i say it's very important you'll get peace of mind Go to nordvpn.com forward slash heart and hand. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. I'm Cammy Bell and thank you for joining me on this week's Extra as we look towards uh, this weekend's uh, co- upcoming Old Firm game and also to cover last night's drama across in Leipzig in Germany as Rangers went into their 17th European game of the season, a semi-final, um, which I think everyone was looking forward to. To talk to me about both of those games is my very good friend James Forrest. James, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, probably one of the, the, I think more of the kind of sober podders, I think is probably fair to say from um, enjoying last night and um, I think a very, very interesting game uh, we, we watched unfold in front of us. 
Yeah, pleasure to speak to you, Cammy. Um, yeah, I, I, I tend to be one of the most sober ones anyway, which uh, you know <laughs> uh, quite well. But um, yes, it's been it's been interesting uh, the last few days in terms of the build up to uh, the game that happened on Thursday night. Um, it's a very very busy time of. Uh, the year to be a Rangers fan but you want that you want it to be busy at this time of the year because it means that you are still competing in many many ways which is always what you want 100% and last night I think James what you saw was probably um, I think it's fair to be kind to say a makeshift Rangers team uh, we saw Al McGregor line up in goals with a, a back four as we kind of expected of uh, James Tavenier, Conor Goldson uh, Calvin Bassey and Bonabarisic uh, Lindstrom and Jack in the middle um, playing alongside Kent Kamara and Aribo and Scott Wright up front is a bit of a kind of rotating role I think it's kind of fair to say between uh, Wright, Aribo and then later on Fashion Sakala. An interesting one James because I think we, we knew that the uh, striker's berth was going to be a, a, a focus area given the injury that you knew we had with uh, Alfredo Morelos and the knot that Kamal Roof picked up after um, the Hamden semi-final Um I think let's let's look at it from a from a kind of pragmatic point of view. I think we knew that going into this, we were going up against a team that's worth you know north of two hundred to two hundred fifty million pounds. We have had, as you touched on earlier on there, a very hectic season um, thus far. Uh, and you're right, one hundred percent, that you want to be involved within these games right until the tail death. That's been part of the Rangers team. Um, but I think that when we saw that lineup last night. Probably what I was expecting because I, I think Scott Wright's done pretty well for himself in the last few games that he's appealed in. Um, I think the, the big question was who was going to play up front with Kent. Um, I, I expected Joe Rebo to be playing further up as well because I think you do need that physical presence uh, up there just because Ryan Kent isn't going to offer you, offer you that because he offers something very different, which is a big threat, which we'll touch on in terms of what Leipzig did to kind of counteract that. Uh, I think the big question was who would be the third attacker, really. Um, and Scott Wright gets the nod after putting in a very good performance uh, against Motherwell, getting the two goals. Not who I would have picked. Uh, I would have gone with Sakala, I think, because you need someone who maybe is a bit more of a natural striker. And as much as Sakala does seem to perform better for us out wide, um, Sakala has played as a striker as well I think you're asking Scott Wright especially in the first half because it's funny and we will I think we'll talk about this Cammy that the, the shape of the team uh, it changed from the first half to the second half the first half there was a clear plan and we then adapted that in the second and in the first half Scott Wright was kind of playing a false nine alongside Ryan Kent and that didn't really give us an awful lot in terms of uh, a lot, a lot to do up front because Leipzig wanted to really closely mark Ryan Kent, mark him out of the game, um, and that was easy for them to do because he was more central. Scott Wright was also a bit more central, but he didn't really offer an awful lot in that position. It's not his natural role. It's not what he naturally does. So it's not surprising uh, in in that sense that he maybe struggled a bit more. Does Sakala offer anything any better? In some ways, yes. In other ways, not so much. So, you know, you're, you're missing a Kitamara Roof and Alfredo Morelos. You're going to have to adapt. You're going to have to do something different and try things. Maybe it didn't work as much uh, up front in the first half. I think it worked better for a lot of the second half in terms of what we changed. Um, but from an attacking point of view, that was what it was. 
we were excellent defensively because I know what you were saying in terms of Lundstrom playing in midfield, it wasn't that he dropped deeper, he was playing as part of a back three with Golson and Bassey and all three of them I think put in an excellent shift dealing with a very clever forward line of Leipzig. Yeah, and it's interesting because, as you say, with, with Lundstrom being able to try and drop back in, um, because I think the initial plan was that he was going to be able to try and sit in front of him, and then he kind of he felt the need to kind of drop back in, which Van Bronckhurst absolutely gave him license to. And I've got zero doubt that, um, you know, part of that plan, I, seen, I think if you watch the game back and, you know, you're not chewing your fingernails off as you're watching it, effectively the word I would use within, um, within that game is containment. You wanted to make sure that as much as you saw last night, and I thought personally Ryan Kent was being targeted in terms of some of the, I think he could have had a couple of bookings given against him, if I'm being honest, for some of the fills, but they tried to nullify his threat in the game. We tried to do similar purely just by making sure that we had an overload and that the the, the defensive side of the game was really what we had to be able to try and see last night to stop Leipzig coming out. I think if you look at the game holistically, I think that Jane, I think that approach worked, right? I think we did very, very well in the back of that. I thought it was an excellent performance and what we saw man-to-man um, -man in terms of what we had to be able to do yesterday. Um, I know you're kind of at that point in the in the in the tournament that you can almost be a little bit braver and you're hoping to be able to try and get an out ball and you know when they're running through there was a couple of chances Ryan Kent as we mentioned there as well had a couple of um, great opportunities to be able to try and do that but last night wasn't about that last night for me was very much an idea of we just need to make sure that we'd give them no space the press is absolutely what it needs to be and I think when you think about it from that approach I actually think we did very very well to make sure that we contained Leipzig in terms of, of what they could do to try and express themselves um, really, for me, there was a couple. Well, it was maybe one clear chance uh, towards the tail end, which uh, could put over the bar. There was some good blocks in there. Obviously, Goldson had a really good block as well, which uh, you know remember within the within the first half. But beyond that, I didn't think there was too much with it. That's fine, and I think that actually most Rangers fans knew before the game would have taken one 0 James, which there's no shame, and I think that it makes it a very interesting second leg of the tie. But more importantly. We went over there to be able to try and do something, and, and by and large, we've achieved that. A win would have been phenomenal, dreamland stuff. But to be able to go over there and, as I say, contain a team of that quality, of which you know a lot about, I think we've done very, very well in the back of that. Oh, we have. We absolutely have. It's um, it's being able to take advantage of what Ibrox is going to be like next Thursday. It's going to be massive, um, and the players can feed off that because they have done so uh, in the other games that we've played at this knockout stage. Um, you're absolutely right about the containment thing, and it's not there's there's no better way to illustrate that than when you look at our fullbacks. Tavernier and Barisic are normally guys that like to get a lot further up the field, but look at their average position. It's a lot deeper, I think, than what you would normally expect from them. So it wasn't, you know, we talk about like a back three. It was actually a back five because these guys were sitting a lot deeper and wanting to offer that extra defensive support. And it made total, total sense to do that. It's the same reason that we play Glenn Kamara in the midfield as opposed to uh, Scott Arfield. If you play Arfield, you're looking to try and counter-attack a bit more and you're looking to try and be a bit more attacking there. Um, but Glenn Kamara is a more defensive option, uh, even though he's, you know, he's, he's a bit more box-to-box, -box, I suppose. But... Um, it makes sense in terms of in terms of that. You, there could be an argument that you'd maybe play Stephen Davis in a game like this, and you know that offers a bit extra as well. But see, to be honest, of back to middle, we did for ninety nine percent of the game 
he did exactly what we needed to do in terms of containing them. And you, you could see, you know, they were they were getting a bit more frustrated in terms of their attacks. They had that chance, as you say, from Nkunku, um, which he will not believe. Well, he's still now thinking back, and like he can't believe that he's missed uh, that chance. But that was their that was their biggest opportunity. Alan McGregor hardly has to make a save. He's made a couple of saves in the whole game. And we're up against some excellent attacking quality. And so much of the game was played in our defensive half. But we dealt with it. Goldson put in some excellent challenges. That one in the first half was a, you know, a superb tackle. Calvin Bassey was a colossus at the back with some of the defending that he did. He was perfect for that role um, in doing what he did there. So uh, so, so much praise should go to the guys playing in those positions, doing that particular job. And you know, we would occasionally knock the ball up, looking for someone to run onto that. But we just didn't have enough of a physical presence, particularly for the first half, to, to deal with that. It worked better a bit in the second half when Joe Arriba was playing up there because he was able to offer that a bit more. I think you then noticed that Ryan Kent was getting more opportunities because he was more out wide, so it was harder to mark him in the same way that they were doing in the first half, and that's why he has that opportunity where it cuts across goal, um, which you know if, someone, if anyone gets a foot on that, that's going in, and he has that shot, but he cuts inside on his right, and the keeper saves it. Um, clearly, that that worked better in the attacking sense in the second half, and that's good to see that you know the management staff. They see what's maybe not quite working attacking in the first half. We adapted, we changed it, and we had a bit more joy uh, in the second half in that sense. But we just didn't have that finishing touch because we don't have um, a finisher available at the moment. One of the things that I wanted to kind of touch on there, James, is and again, like I said, I think we kind of mentioned it, and and you know some of the the, the pieces that we've just mentioned there in the various different phases of play. One of the things that's definitely stood out for me yet last night, and and thinking about the game, you know, once once it kind of drawn to its conclusion, was we actually looked exceptionally well coached <clears throat> for being able to try and have such a, a defensive approach to the game. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think that that's exactly what was required. And I think it's very interesting because we saw um, the manager talk about, uh, you know, against Dortmund that. You know, we had three different formations at Ibrox that we could play depending on how the game was going to shape out. And to a certain extent, that 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 round, both legs, were, were freak results in terms of, you know, being able to try and go 3-0 up against them, um, you know, at home, being able to 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 get the, the, the goals required at Ibrox to be able to try and seize through the tie, etc. So there was definitely an offensive style of play, which definitely paid off for us. Last night, as you say, it was all about being able to try and approach the game defensively. But the most important thing, I think, for that was seeing the players being able to stick to their jobs. And we've seen teams, especially teams under, you know, Walter Smith, for example, they can play, you know, very defensively minded. But last night, it felt to me like we had to make sure that there was almost a maturity to our approach of the game last night. We couldn't go rampaging back and forth. And it's great having guys like Wright, like Sakala, like Kent, who have got pace to burn and you can give them the ball and, you know, just watch them shoot off into the distance. But it wasn't necessarily about that last night. What it was about last night was control. And as we said before, making sure that we frustrated Leipzig. And I think that in Cuckoo Chance. But at that point in the game, obviously we weren't there and I'm sure the boys who were would, 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 would be able to confirm this or not, but it felt to me that there was a degree of tension coming in 
um, from the home crowd because, let's face it, it might not be great football. We probably confounded what they thought they were going to get out of the game. Certainly the German press were up Leipzig. It was very much a, they've already got one eye in the final um, for a lot of them. But last night for me, Rangers showed what they could do in the European stage. We've we've seen that, as I say, you know, being able to beat teams and win the leg. But this was about being able just to make sure that we can see it and then take it back to Ibrox. And certainly the German press uh, thinking about Leipzig in the final and some of the Scottish press also thinking that Leipzig won. <laughs> but we expect that, don't we? Don't indeed, we? indeed. But yeah, it, the, the mature word is exactly right. Um, you know, long gone are the days of, you know, plan B is just to plan A better because we can be very adaptable to you know, different scenarios and as a, there was a specific task that we needed to do to keep the tie alive going into the second leg. The team have done that. I know that people, you know, might be thinking about the game in isolation last night and thinking, you know, the sickener at the time of the concession of the goal and the type of goal that we that we conceded and, you know, how annoying it is and all that, but... You know, if you take a step back from that, we are in exactly the position that so many of us would have taken going into the second leg. It's all, all it needs is another, you know, early chance for Tav is able to just get a foot on it in the box after two minutes and the tie is level and we've got home advantage. It's all it takes, you know, a repeat of a repeat of Braga. That's all we need to do. Uh, and the team's capable of that. And there is a trust, I think, from the coaching staff that the players are able to you know, commit to that idea. And the players believe it too. You, know, you, you see how the players are talking about the game last night and how they're feeling today. They believe that they can do this. They believe that they can go to Ibrox, win the game on the night, uh, if need be, go to extra time, go to penalties and get to the final. There's a firm belief you do that. We, we're not thinking that way if you know we we go out with the same sort of formation that we had against Motherwell and it's a 2-0 or a 3-0 to Leipzig. You know, we, we don't feel like that. We feel like the tie is done uh, and you know the hope in that sense is gone. Hope is still very much there. It's very much within our grasp. And you know, Leipzig in the same way that every other opponent that we've had in Europe talks about, they're talking about, you know, the Ibrox atmosphere and how it's going to be really, really tough. Tedesco would have wanted his team to have won this by a couple of goals to give themselves that cushion. They don't quite have that. They they need to go and score in Glasgow. They need to come here and get a goal at some point. Um and that could that could suit us in terms of in terms of the way the game is going to flow. I couldn't have said it better. I think that they don't. I think that he would have wanted that tie last night to go. We don't need to go to Scotland. We don't need to go to Glasgow looking for something. And I think right now, as it stands, they do have to be able to get something. Now, let me say that I think that there'll be goals for their side on on uh, uh, next week. But at the same point, it has to be the case that we have to be able to get there and be able to. I think not only express ourselves, but I think that they will. They'll have players back for sure. I know they had two or three missing last night that normally would be able to come back into it. But I think they'll look at that game, knowing that they have to come back to Ibrox, be able to get a result, and they had to beat us with a world-class goal. And it was a world-class goal, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I know that we you can go back and you can nitpick it in terms of, you know, why is the Cal heading it? Why was it not a greater press on to Angela? But all of that kind of stuff is all to one side. Fundamentally, they're... 
their attitude, I think, last night, their heads were dropped in terms of being able to... Um, no, I don't want to say underrated. So I don't mean I don't mean all like that, but I think they thought it'd be a lot easier than it should have been. And playing that style of football, and we've seen it. You know, Atletico Madrid did it against Man City and stuff. And I know it didn't necessarily work for them across in Spain, but in uh, you know the first leg at the Etihad, they wanted to be able just to keep him then not really do much, not breach. We did that plus, I think, as I said to you before, we went out to be able to just try and make sure that we spent a lot of energy levels not giving players space to play, not being able to give them time on the ball, not being able to do that. And when you see, the, I think the, probably the reaction coming from uh, our players, and as we mentioned before, you know we may have players coming back, potentially if that's roof and let's keep everything crossed that it is. There's definitely a positivity and there's definitely, a, I think, a, a wee air of, you know, we're very much still in this. We're very much, you know, the, the tie is very much still alive. And as long as the players believe that, I think, even if it does get to a stage of um, extra time and penalties, you're on the you're on the cusp of a European final, James. I don't I don't think that anything needs said or done to the players to be able to try and motivate them to be able to try and take that next step. So, yes, it's it's very very finely poised, and I think um, every single Rangers fan should be proud of that team in terms of of the energy and the work rate that they they committed last night. And again. We've spoken a lot about previous games and the extra time that that's went into and, and the amount of uh, minutes in these players' legs, especially over the last fortnight or so. But they continue to go again, and I'm very much looking forward to uh, to the return leg next Thursday. Before that, however, um, we have a, uh, our last old firm game of the season coming up uh, against Celtic at Parkhead. <laughs> James, I, I was saying this last night um, to my wife when I was watching the game with her. I, I don't know how much... I really cared about this old firm game because somewhat sadly, I think even if we were to get a, a win at Parkhead, I just don't know with the rest of the teams. Listen, outside the, the top six, there's us, them and Hearts have got anything left to play for within the course of this season. Um, everyone else, and I think we saw that against Motherwell for ourselves, are pretty much kind of done and dusted. Ross County did make a go of it. I'm not going to say that you know they, they, walk, they let them walk all over them. But by and large, I just think that even if we win on Sunday, it's just it's just too narrow now in terms of seeing them looking to be able to try and drop what would essentially have to be four more points between now and the end of the season. But that being said, I'm 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 sitting here on a Friday morning with you recording this. Then Saturday will come and then Sunday we'll start taking a really properly ramp up with it. You know, as we saw with the Sydney Cup, there's no such thing as as meaningless old firm games. No, there is not. Um... It's a weird build-up to it because you normally have, you know, even with if you've got a game midweek, your mind is very much kind of looking toward the Sunday. Um, it hasn't been the case for I think the vast majority of Rangers fans. We've been thinking purely about Leipzig, and right now as we sit here, we're again thinking about next Thursday and oh, there's an old firm game on the Sunday. All right, okay. Uh, I don't think that you should ever go into an old-term game thinking, you know, we, we just change a whole load of players, play a quote-unquote B team uh, on, on the Sunday. I'm not a great believer in that, but I wouldn't necessarily treat this game as one where, you know, if there's guys like Kim Roof or Aaron Ramsey, who maybe if they were at a point where they were close to being fit for the game, I wouldn't be playing them on Sunday. I'd be keeping them ready for Leipzig because at the end of the day, the Europa League now is far more important. You know, the, the the league, I think fans 
are kind of at a point where we believe that all we need to think about now is the Europa League and obviously the Scottish Cup final. Um, Sunday will be what it will be. You know, if if we can, if the team can go out and get a win, having done what we've done in Germany and looking ahead to the game next Thursday, it would be a tremendous result. Whether whether we expect the team to do so or not, you know, thinking purely about us, um, it's 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 up in the air. You never want to surrender in a game in a game like this. Um, far far from it. Is it an absolute disaster if we lose the game? It's no bigger a disaster than what it would be any time you lose an old firm game, to be honest with you. There's there's very, very little riding on it uh, for us. It would have been slightly more annoying had we dropped points on uh, on the game on the Saturday uh, previous and it could have been a chance for them to have sealed the title with a win. Then that maybe adds a bit more to it. They can't do that. They cannot mathematically secure the title on Sunday, so you know it really, really doesn't matter. I'm, I'm so, I'm very, I'm normally quite a nervous, nervous person for an old firm, as you know, I mean, but I'm not really feeling like that this time because, you know, for want of a bit of praise, we've bigger fish to fry. I, I, listen, I couldn't agree with that more, and everyone that I've spoken to is kind of very much down the line of well, this doesn't really mean that much at the moment. And I'm not, you know, before people start <laughs> sending, me, uh, sending me abuse for that, I don't mean that it's a meaningless game. I, I genuinely don't think that you could ever have a meaningless old firm game. There's too much invested in it that we've had over the years in terms of passion and pride and everything else that comes associated with being able to try and play that lot. But I think at the same point, as you say there, we are now sitting on the verge of, of a, a European final place we are already secured uh, a scotch cup final as you mentioned we do have bigger fish to fry in terms of what's happened there and plus i think the fact that we have bled out this league in terms of us having thrown it away rather than them winning it because i do genuinely believe that we have capitulated our league title because we haven't had the right mentality at times we've, we've not approached games in the right stage when you're 2-0 up against Motherwell at home and then you draw two all then it's 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 you know it's it's already ran its course as far as I'm concerned. What I do think is interesting though, James, is because they will listen, let's face it, right, they will be bang up for it, right? That place will be absolutely filled to the rafters. We we um that that mob want to be able to try and put the the, the, the death blow to us. You're right, they can't win it, but listen, let's face it, a big win for them. Or even just a win seals it. That's it, done. Because they would have to have a complete disaster um for the remaining games of the season for it to be able to try and turn around plus um, if we don't care about these games, we certainly are not going to play um, or, or pay a lot of attention to, to what the, the remaining fixtures are for us, unless there is definitely something to play for. What's interesting, though, and, and you made point of that as well, was playing about the B team and all that kind of thing. Now, I have heard a conversation, and, and, and I think it's quite, quite an interesting one, that if we're not really that overly concerned about what happens on Sunday, could it be an opportunity to be able to bring some of the players in to... Um, be able to play in a top flight old firm game because I think a lot of the players and certainly you've seen a lot of them this season following our B team coverage on the Patreon site they've got exposure to being able to play against Celtic they've they've been able to put big results um, in the locker against Celtic uh, and, their, and their youth teams and stuff but would it be an opportunity to see some of those guys promoted into the first team to play a high level old firm game albeit the stakes aren't massive but it could give them 
uh, some experience towards it if we are potentially looking to be able to try and use them next season. Obviously, I'm talking about guys like Alex Lowry being able to try and give him more experience within that space as well. There's others who are chapping on the door at that point, potentially Leon King, I think would be an interesting choice if we were to give him that option as well. And I think at this point, it kind of feels, I'll go back to Walter Smith, it's kind of like once the title's done, you can give some of the youth a wee bit more of a of an opportunity, just allow them to come in and, and, and get that kind of feel for it. Well, one thing you can say for certain is there's so many players within the B team absolutely hate that lot, um, which you won't, you know, for starters. You know, they, they would be they would be champing at the bit to be involved uh, in in a game like that on Sunday. I think the two players that you mentioned there, uh, Alex Lowry and Leon King, it's funny because they they had a slightly different conversation from some of the other, you know, what you would class as the kind of B team players like Cole McKinnon or Adam Devine, guys who were, you know, certainly on the bench on on Thursday night and a great experience for them and one that they've absolutely earned for what they've done over the course of the season. Um, I I wouldn't have a problem with Alex Lowry getting a start on Sunday because I think he's he's someone that is very much at a point that we could look to have him involved as a first-team player next season. I think he's shown enough uh, in terms of his development over the course of this campaign that he was he'd be in with a shout. And I think Leon King is a player who should definitely be looked at as one of your central defensive options for the first team next season. You know, those two guys, they are they are ready. Got other guys in there like Charlie McCann, who has developed very well over the course of the season too, and has featured for the first team already. Um, you know whether he's maybe on the bench and could potentially get some minutes uh, as well, possibly. Um, you know th- those would be the names that you would you would think of as what's maybe more realistic in terms of Sunday. You're you're looking at other guys that I'm I'm, I'm thinking about guys who maybe were on the bench on on Thursday. You know who who comes in. You know how many changes do you make to to the team going into that game. You know, does Scott Arfield start? Probably. You know, we can't play Leon Balligan, which is annoying, so we're probably going to have to go with um, with the same kind of back four, if you will. Uh, Stephen Davis coming into a game like that, you wouldn't have any issue at all, I don't think. Um, but you wouldn't... I don't think you'd go as far as to say play Zukowski at right back instead of Tavernier. You'd still play your, your captain. You'd still play Borna Barisic. You would still play Ryan Ken. Um, I don't think Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will be as dramatic as that in terms of changing the team that much. But if there's an opportunity, if there's if there's guys there who like Stephen Davis or you know potentially you know, no laughing at the back, but if Ahmed Diallo starts, you know, you could you could see the sense in that as well, I guess. Um, just about keeping guys as fresh as you can where possible without being ridiculous. I don't think I don't think the coaching staff will, will be as dramatic as that. Um, but there are some guys who will certainly want to try and make an impression and thinking more toward next season as well if they want to be a part of the team going forward. They want an opportunity, no better way than to prove that in a game like that, most important type of fixture that a Rangers player is going to have domestically, that you can step up to that and you can be 
someone that can be relied upon for those kind of games. So the selection will be very, very interesting from Van Bronckhorst on Sunday. Um, and, you know, the younger guys like Lowry, McCann, King, maybe even a Tony Weston, who's been one of the standouts uh, along with her, Cole McKinnon as well, I would say. Do they get the opportunity? Let's see. You know, he's he's a believer in the youth structure, as Van Bronckhorst from his time at Feyenoord. Um, wonder if that will translate to what we what we see for this Rangers team. Yeah, listen, I totally agree with not I don't want to see major surgery. I don't think it's a requirement. Um I think that if we talk about being able to try and and manage the resources effectively, Christ I've said that a lot this season, but you know, when you're still in Europe at the end of April, then you have to. It's just that simple. And I think with one eye on the Scottish Cup final, because I think we need to, we'll talk about it more as time progresses and obviously whatever the, the road unfolds, um, you know, over certainly the course of the next uh, seven days and what that looks like. But that being said, we can't overlook the fact that we've got a Scottish Cup final to play in against a team that will be very, very, very determined to have their say within the final as well. So if it's the case, for theory's sake, that we uh, we don't get a result on Sunday, I would have no real issue with it being the case that the vast majority of the team that we need to get uh, get adequate rest before we get into what we're crossing our fingers for will be a, a pretty momentous week for the club in terms of being able to try and look at um, you know a couple of uh, a couple of very big opportunities to get um, some very nice shiny things. James, uh, one question that I think we have to pose uh, in terms of. Um, the, the, the striker's berth up top is if Kamar Roof is fit, does he play in order to prepare him adequately against Leipzig or do we keep him wrapped in cotton wool? I, oh, I don't think he should play the full 90 if he's fit. Um, if, you, if you start him and you bring him off early in the second half, um, if he's on the bench, you maybe bring him on toward the end if there is something to potentially try and get from the game. Um, for me, though, actually for Roof in particular, because I think it, I think we sh- it showed last night that we could really do with having a, a focal point and attack and someone who's natural for that. Uh, I wouldn't be willing to risk. It's because there's no one else. It's not like, you know, we've got Morellis who's maybe kind of nearing uh, full fitness and that. It's only Kemal Roof. I, I, I wouldn't be willing to potentially lose out on that again next Thursday for the sake of trying to get him in and, you know, get him back quickly for the game on Sunday. Uh, if he plays a smaller part in, in that game, as I say, like coming off the bench, for example, and I'd be okay with that. Not sure I would start him in that game, though, to be honest. I don't know what you think. The same. I think if we can get him a bit part just to be able to try and get some time in his legs, fine. But I don't think it serves much more purpose from that because, let's face it, we'll get this game done and out of the way. And I think that, you know, the the, the remaining domestic fixtures, fixtures will take care of themselves. And then, therefore, it will be looking towards, hopefully, fingers crossed, the European final and also the Scottish Cup final, in which case it will be. I think it will be interesting to see what his team selections are dictated to by that point because we, we won't. There's nothing left to play for, I don't think, after that 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 piece anyway. That being said, I do want to be able to try and get a result off of Celtic, but I think we also have to put it out as a, as a marker to be able to say, you know, 
we are going to mount a challenge next season. This is a good opportunity for us to do that. We don't know what that Rangers team will look like um, across the course of the summer transfer business, but irrespective, the manager will be here. I've got zero doubt about that. Um, and so, therefore, it's an opportunity for him to be able to put out a bit of a marker to say, yeah, you're going to win the league, but you're not going to win it easily. And as a result of that, go out and give our, our, our utmost against them. And listen, as much as you know, we can sit here on a Friday morning and talk about, well, it's not too bad and we can do X, Y and Z, you and I both know, come 12 o'clock on Sunday, it's <laughs> beat them at all costs because it's just who we are. It's part of that dynamic and, and, and part of being a Rangers fan as well. James, thank you so much for your time uh, today. As I say, um, a quick pod because we've just got so much to be able to try and get through. But if you'd like to be able to listen to some more um, shows, all things Rangers, uh, including some excellent B-team coverage from uh, James, who's on with me today, and his, his partner in crime, Ross Hutton. You can find that on the uh, Patreon network, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will get up to two to three to four shows a week, depend, uh, a day, depending on your subscription level. Uh, and as I say, they cover all things Rangers. There's huge build-up, obviously, coming up to Sunday's game, um, as there also will be uh, to the return leg uh, against Leipzig uh, at Ibrox next Thursday. David will be back with you on flagship on Monday. Our thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. Most importantly, um, thank you to my guest James Forrest today. James, um, always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, but great to hear your thoughts on this. And I think, like you say, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting time we live in, my friend. It's a great time to be a Rangers fan. It's always a great time to be a Rangers fan, let's face it. Thank you, Cammy. No problem. Thanks very much, folks. If you're travelling back from Germany as we speak, then please travel safe home. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday as much as anyone can. Um, and as I say, we go again uh, next week. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone. It's a great time to be a Rangers supporter as we look ahead to a trip to Leipzig. But there is one dark cloud on my horizon, and that's I've got to do yet another one of these bollock-shaving adverts. Now, regular listeners will know just how enthusiastic I am about the sinful practice of uh, depilation of the downstairs. But uh, they've sent me a whole big script about the Champions League. Um, but that's not what the action's at, so I'm not doing it. Uh, the action is in the Europa League this week. And if you want us to take on Germany, a well-renowned nation of perverts, it should be said, uh, the Germans, you know, we all know about the coffee tables. Well, you can do so with testicles that look like snooker balls and they'll be cleaner and smoother and rounder than anything Ronnie O'Sullivan is going to hit with his stick this week. You can do that by getting a Manscaped product and there are no better products for those of you who enjoy getting your, your bollocks, you know. Bear. Uh, they've got this amazing ceramic blade and skin safe technology. Um, your snags will be reduced. Who wants snaggy nuts? Nobody. That's who. Uh, there's also a nose, ear, and hair trimmer, which is good for people like me who these days, you're honest to goodness, um, my ears, uh, uh, eyebrows, and nose are starting to resemble the Ramones. So it is a very useful thing to do. 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Sounds very fancy when you boil it all down to the fact that what you're doing is um, basically balding your, your bouncers. But if you're going to do it, then go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off and free delivery with the code RANGERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free delivery. So bounce into the Europa League with balls so smooth you can eat your dinner off them. 
If you check out Rangers Pools, you can try their free-to-enter weekly giveaways. For this week's competition, all you have to do is predict the time of the first goal in the Old Firm game this Sunday. If you get the correct time, you could be in to win £100. Go visit www.rangerspools.com and click on the banner on the homepage to enter. Best of luck. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.